With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. What are you trying to prove here anyway? I'm studying the effect of negative reinforcement. Mackey and Judd. The effect? I'll tell you what the effect is. It's pissing me off. On 1500 ESPN. This is the pecking order. Today's topic... Memorable moments from the last 13 years of Timberwolves basketball. Here are Mackie and Judd. All right, this is a great one here. Dave Harrigan, uh, the mastermind behind the 10 most memorable Wolves moments leading up to potentially a top fiver tomorrow night or a a bottom fiver tomorrow night. Which which is defined by which? (laughs) So if they lose, is that a top five? Because I think it would be a top five in my list. The bottom five. Wait, you're saying that if they lose tomorrow night, it'd be a top five most memorable. So you're going negative and positive memories is what you're doing here. Uh, no, no, no. I'm going. I'm going all negative. What? My, po- my point being. Was that the spirit? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, went, I went positive. No, the spirit no, was whatever sticks out most in your mind. I went. I right, went the last right. 13 years. I don't got a lot of positive things to say about Shockingly, this Shockingly, Homer and Panic went positive <laughs> for Phil, negative for Jed. Are you listening, Pat? I went 10 positive, believe it or not. I want you to go wow. first because you are far more <laughs> of the Wolves diehard. This is more your team. This is not my team. Oh, I want you to go this first. This is a great contrast. All right. We, this might be a two-segment situation here. Uh, Jason Stark in an hour and a half. So, again, this is all like these are all mostly positive. Some of them might be a little bit like sarcastic in nature. Like number 10. The number 10 greatest moment in Timberwolves history. Until it gets bumped tomorrow night when Andrew Wiggins finally shows up for the season, going for 50 points. Uh, and this j- is the last 13 years of Timberwolves history. You did stick to that rule, right? No, I actually, st- I went, no, I literally went the entire history of the franchise. I mean, were you paying attention oh, you to the you. you said 13 years. I'm, well, I'm, I'm in too deep now. Oh, well, yeah, wow. it's too late okay, now. The segment fine. started. I found t- You're the going, 10 greatest go, moments. Go right in the pool. Go right in the deep end. You don't know how to swim. Go, go right in that deep end. All right. Number 10. Some of these fit. Some of these fit. <laughs> Gerald Green blowing out a candle on the back of the rim during the dunk contest. It's amazing. He blew out a candle on the back of the rim. Gerald Green. You know how high you have to jump to blow a candle out on the back of the rim? The or f- have really good lungs. The fact you started that with too, Gerald boats, Green boats. is very, it tells us all we need to know. Number nine, Malik Seeley, role player, rest in peace, game winner, bank shot against the Pacers. That was more than 13 years ago. That was like, that was 1999. So, that's within 20 years. Martin Luther King Day, Sean Grandy, 
three at last, three at last. Yes. With the call. That's pretty good. Sean Grandy now uh, with the Boston Celtics yeah. the last decade or so. Number eight, drafting Ricky Rubio, which at the time was very exciting. We thought this is going to be the next star player in the NBA. Uh, took him a while to get to the playoffs. Congrats. He's going to get there with Utah here, and we'll see what happens. But that's number eight on my 10 most memorable Wolves moments leading up to tomorrow night. Number seven, another dunk contest thriller, the East Bay Funk Dunk by J.R. Ryder. I think it was the 19, wasn't it the 1994 dunk contest at Target Center? I believe it was a Target Center All-Star game. I think you're right, yeah. But he was the first, at least in that contest, to go between the legs and throw it down. Now guys are doing like 360s and putting it through the legs. And I think that was here, yeah. Uh, number six, another one that falls within Dave's parameters here. The Kevin Love 30 and 30 game that I happened to leave early. I left at halftime of that game. <laughs> Dude, that was kind of his coming out party. He was a double double machine and, and adding three pointers to his repertoire. And all what of a sudden, was that again? I believe year? it was 2008. Okay. No, nine, somewhere in there. Right. He was drafted in 08. So it was probably like 2009, maybe 2010, somewhere in there. Uh, all right, top five. Most of these are. Actually, four of these are out. No, no, some of these are uh, within Dave's parameters. All right. Number five, the first playoff game in team history against the Rockets in 1997. It was very exciting, even though the Rockets absolutely mopped the I remember wolves. that game. Yeah. I, yep. I recall it well. Uh, number four, December 30th, 1997, beating Michael Jordan for the first time. The Wolves were, the Wolves oh. had, I don't think they had made the, no, they had made the playoffs the year before. And they were fighting for relevancy. Now, the yeah, but there is Scottie Pippen didn't play in that game. And the Wolves won 99-95 at Target Center. But they beat Michael Jordan that for the first time. That was a huge deal. I was at it was work a big that win. night. That was big story in the yep. uh, Star Tribune next uh, day. Gugliotta had a big game. Uh, KG, Marbury, all of them had big games, obviously. Number three, winning the lottery that landed Carl Anthony Towns. And the reaction by Flip Saunders. It's kind of the, the iconic moment of Flip Saunders' comeback as the, uh, the president of basketball operations. That's number three on my memorable Wolves moments leading up to tomorrow night's glory. Number two, the return of Kevin Garnett, where he played like he played five games or whatever it was, but that first game back where they beat the Wizards. Oh, that was a great memory. Nowhere and, near my uh, list, but and, yes, great memory. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Negative. It's nowhere near And it. then number one is obvious, even though it falls outside of Dave's parameters because it's beating Sacramento in the second round of the Western Conference playoffs. Like the greatest moment, and I went I went all 30, almost 30 years. Yeah. And the greatest moment is a second round playoff victory. So, come on, Wolves. Bring it tomorrow night, baby. Put another pelt on that wall. You know, if they win that game, it's, it's going to be nice and fun, and they're going to go into the first round and get beat. But if they lose, it's going to provide a summer full of discussion. It's going to provide, it's almost more fun now if they lose, right? Well, I've I've been going back and forth on that, and I like yes, I want them to make the playoffs, but there's more there's more to talk about and and to digest if they actually lose this game. Well, here's how I put it to Chris yesterday: if I if there's let's say there are three general scenarios of what can happen, I'm going to give you three groupings of scenarios. Number one is miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Number two is you make the playoffs, and this is probably the most likely one of the other two here. You make the playoffs as the seven or the eight. Three, you make the playoffs as the six or the five. You could still make it as the five, too. The The ideal scenario is make the playoffs as a five or a six seed to give yourself an actual shot to, to win a series and, and you know make some noise. And maybe like the Rockets lose half of their roster to ACL injuries in the first round, and then you get to play them in the second round or something, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, 
Part of me would rather see them get beat tomorrow night than make it as the eight seed, though. Still, I'm still on that wagon. So if they win, I also want like these other things to happen so that they're assured of a sixth seed instead of a seven or an eight seed. That's where I'm at with this. The ambulance chaser in me is really curious to see if they miss this thing, what happens? Like, does Tibbs just come in there and give the old, uh, we didn't work hard, we didn't, you know, it's our fault, we didn't, or I shouldn't say our fault because he wouldn't say that. It's their fault, they didn't work hard. They weren't gritty enough. Or does he actually sort of melt down? Because if you look at how they're going to have missed it, it is glorious. Well, it's, yeah, it's and and obviously the built-in excuse is, well, Jimmy Butler was... Hey, Jimmy Butler was out. But then all the other Western Conference teams look over at you and say, well, Boogie Cousins is out. <laughs> yeah, we- Kawhi Leonard is out. Uh, Paul Millsap was out. And there's other teams, like Golden State's like, uh, we had a Hall of Famer who missed the last two months of the season. Yeah. And are still going to win the championship. Chris Paul missed games, and yeah. Yes. Everybody had games missed. But if you, okay. And you still have the luxury right. of one of the best players in the NBA Carl Anthony Towns on your team. But if you so you lost you lost six games total to Orlando, the, the Hawks, the Grizzlies, and Suns, all right? I don't care if Butler plays or not. Those games you should have won. So yes. it, I, if Butler plays, that's fine. If he doesn't, you should still win. That Memphis loss two Mondays ago, you lost to a team that for the most part actively was trying to lose games. By the way, I believe if or at they, least if, their their uh, coaching staff. Was. If they had won that game, I believe they would have clinched with that win last night. Yeah. Because they'd be a full game clear of the Nuggets yeah, and they the Nuggets, have to worry about and they would have the tiebreaker. The head-to-head tiebreaker would go to a conference tiebreaker, yep. which would be the Wolves with a better conference record. So if they had just taken care of business against a tanking Memphis team, albeit without Jimmy Butler, or those doesn't Eastern, matter. Eastern Conference games on the road against bad teams yes. that you also couldn't win. So let's come back with your your list. You actually followed the parameters of this because uh, you have ears and you listen to our Last 13 years, all of them negative, but they're glorious. You'll love them. All right. Most memorable Wolves moments leading up to tomorrow night. Uh, later on, Jason Stark will join. We'll talk to Jace Frederick, who covers the Wolves for the Pioneer Press 2 in the noon hour. Talk some more twins. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. We're ready. Are you? The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready, master control? Ready, switch on. This is 1500 ESPN. <laughs> this is the pecking order. Today's topic Memorable moments from the last 13 years of Timberwolves basketball. Yeah. Here are Mackie and Judd. <laughs> or, you know, my math was a little off. The instructions. Give or, give or take. Harrigan's instructions couldn't have been clearer, by the way. Give or take. Last 13 years. You even said that's an awesome idea. That's a great well, idea. Yeah, and, and when, when Dave and I just like. I think he said, it. actually, that's a pretty decent idea. Actually. Shockingly, it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> Actually, you're not as dumb as I thought you were. I like that idea. In fairness, idea. the way I heard it during our pre-show meeting was the way that I interpreted it in my list, obviously. But <laughs> I think it's probably a better idea the way that Dave framed it. But well, All right. it's okay. All right. So you, I uh, stuck you with went Dave's negative. Parameters. I went positive. Well, I, but, I, but I've got thir- the past 13 years, and that's it. At number 10. Ambulance chaser. I choose a date. I, su- I simply choose a date, and it's not going to mean much when I say it, but it will when I elaborate. November 4th, 2005. Hold oh, on, hold on. November 4th, 2005. You're not going to get it. it. It's it's a fitting start to this list, but it's not okay. it's not it's not a big date. It is a date on which the Wolves lose 107, 102 in overtime at Seattle in their second game of the 2000. Five, six season. That was my exact guess, actually. That was loss number one of what would become 12 consecutive losing seasons. 
So, actually, when this non-playoff streak started, they they didn't have a bad team, and I and I believe they were at forty plus, or I know that they were at forty plus wins. But the two thousand five six season launched the complete ineptitude that became this franchise. So that was loss number one of what became an endless series of losses that led to non-playoff seasons. Number nine. Oh, we start with some of the fun drafts here. Three first-round picks in 2010, including Wes Johnson fourth, and uh, 16 picks 16 and 23, Martel Webster and Lazar Hayward. Johnson, just for example, had a 9.3 player efficiency rating during two seasons with the Wolves before he was gone. That entire draft. So you had three first-round picks. That entire draft didn't work out. Number eight. Let's go to the fun stuff of head coaches, head coaches who were shown the door. Kevin McHale fires Dwayne Casey, January 23rd, 2007. The Wolves had lost four consecutive games. The only thing is, they were sitting at 20 and 20 that day. Which is pretty pretty damn good. So they were 20 and 16. They dropped four consecutive games. And in to save the day comes Randy Whitman. Man. Who went 12 and 30 the rest of that season. And scratched his forehead like a confused ogre the entire time. Uh, Right now, so Dwayne Casey has been... A great coach for the Raptors the last, I don't know, six years or whatever. Pretty clearly, uh, like, pretty clear decision. If if you could swap Tom Thibodeau as a coach for Dwayne Casey right now, you'd do it, right? Oh, like, yeah, no, players. No hesitation. Players love Dwayne. Yes. No hesitation. Yeah. Yes. Number seven, we go to two years before, almost exactly two years before the decision by McHale to fire Dwayne Casey was made. On February 12, 2005, he called in his best buddy, Flip Saunders, and fired him with the Wolves sitting at 25 and 26 and less than a year removed from going to the Western Conference Finals. Because, damn it, one game under 500 was wasn't good enough. This was a disappointment. This was not Timberwolves basketball. So you fired your buddy, Flip Saunders, and helped launch what became complete ineptitude. Wow, this is... Uh, when is this list over? Because this is very Number depressing. six on my list. can help yourself. In, 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 the, in the exact definition of what Dave Harrigan asked for, I truly believe. Number six. Oh, October 2012. Those darn nasty knuckle push-ups. Your star <laughs> player is doing knuckle push-ups because he's, he is, he's not involved in, in a fight. No way. Uh-uh. Kevin Love, knuckle push-ups is number six. Top five for you. Number five, in the midst of a rookie season that had us all on the edge of our seats, it was a shortened 2012 campaign. Ricky Rubio, outstanding, until Friday night, March 9th of 2012, when he tears his ACL. Is the purposes of your list, as is this like an exorcism so that they this can is the overcome? Last, this is the last 13 years. This is overcome. the last 13 years. There's not but many the word, highlights Okay, here. what was the exact description of the... I'm living I up know to that it. I butchered the timeline on it, I'm but, living but up say to it. it again, Dave. It was the most memorable in your mind moments. I wanted it to be moments, players, executives, okay. things that were said, things that were done, just what sticks out in your head like the most of the you know the non-playoff uh, last 13 years we've had of Timberwolves basketball. So the, the idea was it could be positive. Kevin Love 30 for 30 or 30-30 game. How about Carl Anthony it Towns could be lottery? Negative. It could be oh, Kevin Love knuckle push No, 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 no. KG return. I too easily found 10 negative ones. Anyway, going into the into the game, you really know what the audience wants. Rubio don't you, tore Judd? his ACL. The Minnesota Timberwolves were twenty-one and nineteen. They finished that season twenty-six and forty. <laughs> oh my! 
So they were twenty one and nineteen. Which was the best strategy. If you're go if you're if you're not gonna make the playoffs, then you should tank so that you can Ricky, Ricky, I have an idea. <laughs> you're not gonna like it. <laughs> they went twenty one and twenty after the loss to the Lakers and finished twenty six and forty. Number four on the list. And you thought it was negative so far. David Kahn hires Kurt Rambis in August 2009 as his head coach. You're getting a perverse pleasure out of doing this right now. Oh, this is this is exactly what this franchise deserves. This is, you're right, it's an exorcism going into tomorrow night. Kurt Rambis, in two seasons, went 32 and 132 as this team's head coach. That is a 195 winning percentage. That is damn hard to do. He couldn't even get to 200. Now my top three. Number one, you're going to like. Top might be a stretch. Last 13 years of what I see as Timberwolves ineptitude. Number three is not a surprise. You got Steph Curry sitting right there. You got the, not, not just the fifth pick. You got the fifth and sixth picks, the overall picks in the 2009 draft. And you take Rubio, who turned out okay. Nice, nice player. But you also take Johnny Flynn, allowing Golden State to take Steph mm. Curry next. That's number three. Number two has to be the decision by Glenn Taylor, who went to his buddy David Stern and said, I don't really have many ideas for an executive. Who should I hire? Who's going to turn this woebegone franchise around? Judd is aroused right now. And David Stern said, I got a buddy. His name's David Kahn. And on May 22nd, 2009, a date that will live in infamy, you hired him as president of basketball operations. Well, I just got a text from uh, from Dawn. She says, if only Judd looked at me the way he looks at a list of negative Wolves items from the last 13 years. <laughs> Number one. I need a drum roll. Because this is the Timberwolves in a nutshell. Okay. Number one is a collection. It's actually a collection of you managed to trade your star player in Kevin Garnett and alienated him in doing so. Then you brought him back and flipped, God bless him, repaired the relationship. And as you said in your list, he has that great first game back in KG. Everything's great. And then you managed to alienate him again all in a span of months. That's number one. You're the greatest player in franchise history. One of the greatest players in Minnesota sports history, I would say. Won't even come in to Target Center now because you alienated him not once but twice. That's number one. Actually, I forgot. uh, I think the acquisition of Tom Thibodeau at the time and also Jimmy Butler then a while later should have been on my list. Malik Sealy was a great shot. I'd probably bump him. And put the Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler back-to-back off-seasons. So when tasked with a list of the most memorable Wolves moments the last 13 years. Of no playoffs. You omit Jimmy Butler. Uh, everything Kevin good. Love's 30-30. and 30, Everything good. Kevin Garnett returning. Flip Saunders returning. No, I got Garnett on. Carl Anthony Towns. No, Garnett's number one on my list. You alienated him. You brought him back and alienated him. Okay. He's on my list. Okay. Clearly. And then Carl uh, Anthony Towns lottery win and number one draft pick. Like, that's it. You just you're just gonna forget about those. This things is a this years. is a ten a ten uh, thing exorcism of Timberwolves from the past thirteen years. All the bad stuff right here. Sometimes I don't know what to do when Judd just grinds the show to a negative screeching halt. I think it's pretty apropos, actually, Dave. I feel like neither of you really got the point that we were going for no, here. Clearly Obviously, Phil, no. I the know, math like, was I, a struggle. Yeah, but the, but the spirit was... The spirit was there, sir. Maybe a little bit too positive. I'll say that. You could have thrown in some negative moments. Could have thrown a Kurt Rambis in there. Absolutely totally get it. Or, you could have. Or Rick Adleman sleeping during the third quarter on the bench <laughs> while that he was, was a coaching. tough couple of years for Rick. <laughs>
Yeah, but I mean, Judd, yeah, like Phil said, Jimmy Butler throwing out his phone number at the uh, press conference. All great stuff. Big. All great stuff, but I, g- I gave you a play-by-play. I, no, we know what you gave us. Night, We're it's critiquing an exorcism what... of Timberwolves' sins from the past 13 years. Year 10 just happened to be the first loss of a season 13 years ago. <laughs> setting off setting off a chain of events that to this day continues to haunt this franchise. Yeah, that Sonics game was memorable, okay? Mm-hmm. They never should have moved, by the way. Supersonics were great. Why move to Oklahoma City? Stupid. I think it was financial, Judd. That was a bad decision. That in Vancouver to Memphis I also think was stupid. OKC's doing okay. Also was stupid. Yeah, if but you don't, leave, right. you don't leave Seattle or Vancouver for that matter. It's another topic, but both bad decisions. <laughs> Very poor decisions. You also don't take a hockey team out of Minnesota and move it to Dallas, this do is, you? Hey, no, I'm not defending my league. <laughs> My league's on, my league's on Golf Channel, boys. I'm not defending my league. Okay. When is, when is the first NHL playoff game on Golf Channel? I'll have to look it up. I don't even know. It's just so embarrassing. <laughs> it's my. It, it the is Golf Channel. I. I. I am, they haven't. Are they going to put games on NHL Network at least? Yeah, I think okay. so. But no. they have games on golf. I don't believe there's a single one. Oh, there's. Are not? you serious? I believe in what I read. There's no games on NHL Network. Oh my gosh. So you're. Gonna... It sounds like it's an NBC <laughs> Universal decision. Obviously, you'd think they would consult the NHL with that, but yeah, they they put out a statement. Really? Look, I mean, we've got counter programming on USA and you know stuff like that. Well, Monday know. Night Raw and, Law, and SmackDown. It's Law and Order SVU reruns for hours on end is what USA has. Ah, they got a couple original shows, you know, like uh, that one with the deal, the guy. Oh uh, no, it's a lot so, of people watch. I'm never defending my league. Actually, they do I have the do the Biggie and Tupac show. It's interesting. I wouldn't bump that for an NHL playoff game. I thought or that was an Raw FX show. No? I'm pretty sure USA has the, the Biggie and uh, Tupac. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm not defending Do you have any more hockey. thoughts on the Vancouver Grizzlies before we get to stuff here? Why would, you take, why would you take teams out of Seattle and Vancouver, honest to God, and put them in OKC and Memphis? That's just silly. It's absolutely silly. That, those are my thoughts on that. But those have been my thoughts for years now, too. I've expressed them elsewhere. I could help every league. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I could help if every league. If you just stay league. quiet, you'll just keep ranting. Oh, if they them. only, if if every league would consult me, I could help them all. I could help hockey, although they're so far gone. I could help basketball. I could help baseball. These idiots are playing games right now in the middle. Who puts the Twins at home for ten games in early April? Honest to God, what type of idiot puts the Twins at home for ten games? I'm out of coffee. I need more coffee. Dave, what's, shame coming, you weren't here yet. what's coming up and stuff you should know about? I'm, I'm going to have more details on the NFL and golf channel. I'm going to look up all NHL. these specifics here. Yeah, excuse me, NHL Don't and golf channel. NFL for this mess. Uh, we are also going to have a different sort of a mock. Max Scherzer doing things last night and some vicious insults being hurled at Sidney Crosby. Phil Mackey. The term closer is antiquated now. Your best reliever oftentimes isn't being saved until the ninth inning. Judd Zolgad. The catch, rule, and porn are the same thing. I know them when I see them. <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Stuff you should know about is sponsored by Wendy's. Some deals are so good, like the two-for-six deal at participating Wendy's locations. Choose two Wendy's favorites, including the Dave's single and spicy chicken sandwich for just two, or excuse me, just six bucks available for a limited time. And now, ladies and gentlemen, please rise. Men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene 
with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. All right, Dave Harrigan, good to be back. So I, I miss Stuff yes. on Monday. I really miss Stuff. Stuff really Did missed you, sincerity? too. Did I say that good enough? Like, sincere? I almost believed it, yeah. Okay, good. All Very right. cool, man. I'd like to, to see that again. I was going with collar the most. Yeah. Here's stuff. the details. NHL yeah. to Golf Channel. They will have a couple game fours on Golf Channel. Devils, Lightnings, uh, Devils, Lightning, and Ducks, Sharks. Now, the other programming that are on the NBC Channel of Networks was tweeted out by Travis Yost yesterday. For instance, NHL Network. They're just having six straight hours of NHL tonight on uh, CNBC. Reruns of Shark Tank, USA, Law & Order, SVU, and <laughs> Suits. It. Yep. Uh, it's slightly different than that. CNBC actually also has a new episode of their show, Staten Island Hustle, at 10, uh, 10 Eastern that night. Wow. Never heard of it. Uh, yep. that, that to go along with the reruns of Shark Tank. And uh, yeah, USA, it's actually a new episode of Suits. It is not a rerun of Suits. It is a new episode, I assume, combined with the... Uh, reruns of Law and Order. SVU. It's amazing. As I, I got the same note here from Chris Long, and he said it's a bleep you from NBC to the NHL. Uh, the cutaway from the Leafs Caps outdoor game with eight minutes to go at the Naval Academy was bad. This is way worse. It definitely is a bleep you, but they all got in bed together and formed this partnership. So you know what this is about too. This is about one thing. NBC is incredibly upset that Bettman didn't send the players to the Olympic Games. That's what this is all about now, but nonetheless, it's just so embarrassing. Is that a real thing? Like that? Oh yeah, they the 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 working theory was that the reason why they took the outdoor game and bumped it was because they're so upset that they're like we were we are doing you no more favors. All of that being said, guess what? If I'm Batman, go back to ESPN now. Go back to him and say, what can we do? You're better off there. And and if you if you Keep some games on an NBCSN, and let's say split the package a little bit, and you get a game of the week on ESPN. You're better off. It is kind of weird that that you'd put all of your chips into that bin, right? Like the NBA has games on TNT, they have games on ABC, and, and the NBA NHL gets TV. more for doing this. But the fact is, it's a dumb decision because if if you go go back to ESPN now, guess what? You're on Sports Center. You get a highlight show, even if you get slightly less. Your marketing goes up. Why does? But why would the NHL? Honest question. Why would the NHL get less money or get more money from just one entity when other? Because an exclusive like, deal, an exclusive deal in their case pays them more. Okay, because in the NFL, like there's no entity yeah, that could afford the correct. Interesting. It's loud. Twenty-one straight years, the San Antonio Spurs will now be in the playoffs. Twenty-one straight, boys, and we're staring at possibility of fourteen straight. For the Timberwolves being out of the playoffs, Greg Popovich thrilled. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> That's all you got. I, I love how the, like the big deal in San Antonio, which which Popovich and the players dismissed a few days ago, was you guys aren't going to get to fifty. It's like the first time in fifteen years that you won't get to fifty wins. What does it mean? And they're like, uh, I guess it means that we're awesome. That we're complaining about just coming a yeah. little shy of 50 wins for the first time in yeah, years. We don't get to 50, and we're going to, to the playoffs. And our best player missed the entire year, basically. Yeah. And is there any word that he's going to come back for any playoff games? I think it's all up no in the idea. air. Uh, there is still a scenario in which the Wolves could play the Spurs in the first round in what I believe would be a four-five matchup, depending mm -hmm. on what happens with Utah. Bring them on. 
Did you guys see Max Scherzer uh, dealing last night at the Braves? He's good at throwing a baseball. He really is good. Uh, just, you know, two uh, two hits, two singles given up over nine shutout innings. No Braves batter even reached second base. Yeah. Those two guys that reached first were stuck there. However, one guy did reach second base. Scherzer stealing and there's no play. He just got a walking lead and kept on going. Late innings of a two-run ball game, his first stolen base of his career. Well, finally, I've been yelling at Matt. <laughs> I've been yelling at Matt Williams, and I've been yelling at Dusty Baker. Like, let me go. Like, there's, there's, there's obviously situations where, uh, you know, we, can, you know, I feel like I'm fast enough. I mean, if J-Dub can steal a base, so can I. <laughs> we got the same home the first time, so that's how I know I can do that. Um, you know, tonight, you know, I was on first, and I just, I knew it was an 0-2 count. Uh, thought he was going to try to expand the zone. I thought that was just a chance to go, and that was a situation, you know, 2 nothing game in the eighth. You know, like that, would be, that was a big, you know, 90 feet, and so that was that was my thinking of, uh, you know, why to take that chance. And my guess is Judd's now going to go with, yeah, but you could have pulled a, ha- pulled a hamstring, so you shouldn't be stealing no, no, bases, no. right? No, no, no. A question. Was he being held? I believe he was. Okay. Then it, it's a stolen Rather base. Rather nonchalantly, I'm then sure. it's a but... stolen base. Because I was going to say, in, in a situation like that, if he basically walked to second base or got a huge lead, I, I like the old fielder's indifference. It was a, it was kind of a walking lead. No he realized the pitcher base. wasn't paying attention All to right. him. So yeah. If he was being like, held, it's fair. Why, why is, no, but, but, but from, from Dave's standpoint, why is it that you would get mad at Anthony Rizzo for risking his health to jump up on a tarp or a wall, but Max Scherzer you know isn't risking his health you know by running to second base? It's not necessary. It's not. That's a very good point. It's it's uh it, it's a look at me. Go. Oh, I can steal a base. Oh, that's great until until I pull my leg. You know, until I grab my leg between first and second and collapse to the ground. Dave brings up a very valid point. That was a selfish play, and because of that, fielder's indifference. No stolen base for you, son. <laughs> Too bad. And now you might get hurt. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, why do it? Steph Driver, site manager of Broad Street Hockey. She goes by at D on Twitter. A great follow as of yesterday. Broad Street Hockey, home to people that love reading about the Philadelphia Flyers and hate everything that has to do with Sidney Crosby. Judd, you familiar with her? I believe I follow her, yes. You do. That's but, my favorite part of I Twitter. Follow Coming across people. random people and finding, wait, Judd follows them? Oh, I follow a lot. Judd literally people. follows like four thousand people yeah, on Twitter, a lot of people. and just has a live stream of yeah, like content speeding through his tweet deck. So anyway, she threw out a tweet yesterday. For whatever dumb reason, Sidney Crosby's existence brings the misogyny out of surprising sources. I'm not having it. Not now. Not ever. Get creative with your trash talk. Would you like to hear some creative? Oh boy, Sidney Crosby mm-hmm. insults from Flyers fans. <clears throat> Sidney Crosby, after eating everything on his plate at a restaurant, tells the server clearing his plate, I hated it, laughs and tips 15%. These are all kind of like those Hunter Pence insults. I don't get that one. Yeah, okay, we'll keep moving. Okay. He's the annoying guy at a restaurant is what they're saying. Okay. Sidney Crosby has a perfectly good third N64 controller, but gives the bad one to his friend when they come over to play. Hmm... Hmm. Sidney Crosby gets overly pedantic about the difference between a barbecue and a cookout on your 4th of July event and invite uh, in, and ends up bringing potato salad from ShopRite. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm these, not feeling it. Yeah, these aren't no. doing much. I'm not you guys it. aren't enjoying this at all. No, these these aren't doing much. I'm well, still gonna here. read my favorite one. All right, go ahead. Crosby sends Facebook messages asking how you've been and saying how it's crazy the two of you haven't talked since high school. And also, his wife just started an exciting new career with Herbalife and could tell you a little <laughs> bit more if you're interested. All right, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. What grounds do Flyers fans and bloggers have to rip on anything related to the Penguins or Sidney Crosby? Like, what ground do they have to stand on? Oh, they're Philadelphia Not, people? Yeah, exactly. But that's, that's it, it yeah. right? Like, what right. have you done what Dave just to said. warrant trash-talking Sidney Crosby? They will the... hurl beer cans at you outside right, then you're the all, arena. You're all idiots, I guess. <gasps> Congratulations. We established that months ago about that. I mean, them. when's the last time the Flyers even made it out of the first round of the playoffs? I mean, it's been... The Flyers are... Oh. It doesn't stop stop a Philadelphia sports fan from being belligerent. Let's talk about the Miami Marlins. Back in February, the Marlins were sued by Miami-Dade County for their rights to a little bit of the profits in the sale of the team when Jeffrey Jeffrey Loria sold it to the Jeter Group. Mm -hmm. Loria said, I don't know what you're talking about. I actually lost money in the sale. Believe who you want to believe. Well, Miami-Dade also named as a defendant the new group, the Jeter Group, saying, hey, look, someone's got to cover the money here. You're going to have to pay up. He's going to have to pay up. We are getting paid. According to Miami Herald, the Jeter Group has filed a claim that the company that owns the team is actually a corporate citizen of the British Virgin Islands. And as such, (laughs) any legal disputes are therefore international ones and should be heard by a federal judge instead of a Miami-Dade judge, who they already know is very much pro-county, given preliminary rulings that have been made. Here is it. Here it is. Abernew Limited, one corporation of many that owns a piece of Marlins Holdings LLC, is incorporated in the British Virgin Islands. Marlins Holding LLC owns Marlins Funding. Marlins Funding owns Marlins Team Co. Marlins Team Co. was formed by Jeter. Therefore, they say, look, we're based in the British Virgin Islands. Pretty much. I follow the logic. I don't know. Yeah, it totally works. The Miami Marlins are not based in Miami. Makes sense to me. What a complete mess. Yeah, that sounds... The whole thing is a mess. Sounds like some of these, like, the online poker companies that have these shady, like... Oh, we're based in the Philippines, so you can't uh, you can't touch our offshore company. Yeah. No taxes for us. Good job, Jeets. Yeah. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. We have a new kind of mock here, boys. Our very first Mackie and Judd psychic mock. Okay. I don't know if he was the only one to do this. Maybe the NFL or whatever who was behind this had a lot of people doing it. But Baker Mayfield, back at the Combine, sat down with a psychic okay, to learn a little bit about his future, where he might be going in the draft. They were reading tarot cards. This is the card that everybody's looking for today, and you've got it. And it shows you doing real well in your first season and, and a lot of good recognition and a lot of self-confidence. What about so. wins? I watched the video all in all it was a bunch of generic platitudes but it made Baker a believer so he's probably dumb uh, anyway the time came to figure out where he's gonna go Let's see if anything pops out <laughs> Arizona Cardinals I want a mock mock that's plausible. That is one of the plausible. Now, what did she probably had like six tarot cards and all of them have quarterback desperate teams on them? 
Right. It looks like oh, your yeah. looks like your mom's your biggest fan. <laughs> wow, right. really? Oh, she was no throwing way. out stuff. I, you, it's all oh, looks like you hate lazy people. As anyone says, oh, I love lazy people. <laughs> lazy sure. people rule. Have you guys ever been to a psychic? No. Or or had a a, a reading by a, an intuitive or or a psychic Did, of any kind. Didn't we have one at, at the at the Christmas party a few years back? Yeah, I didn't partake I th- in I that I think one. I went to that one. I think that would you be my... You think own. you went to that one? I think I did, yeah. You would, you would remember yeah, if you was, went to a psychic. Yeah, I was drinking that night. I might have gone. I don't really remember, but I think I did. I think Dawn and I both went. You don't, like, you don't remember she the evening? She might have got her fortune. No, I do. I just can't remember if they just told Dawn's fortune or I... Or I got mine told as well. But like those, I would think you'd remember. I don't take it very seriously. But I remember when I was 12 years old, we had a family trip in New Orleans and they had these like street psychics. They're all over, yeah. You pay five bucks and they, whatever. Um, And one of them, one of them was like very specific. My aunt sat down and was like very specific about how many ex-husbands she had. Like it was more than just generalities. So I watched my aunt get a reading and, you know, you're on your... It was like fourth husband right now, and she's like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And called a couple other things that you wouldn't otherwise know. So then I'm like, "All right, let me, Phil, do you want to try?" And she tells me instead of like, "You know, like these fun things," she says, "You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna die of heart disease when you're like sixty some years old." Wow. And I was like, "Well, a lot of guys who are a little chubby when they're twelve years old are likely to die of you know something heart related. Well, you're gonna die of something heart related or cancer. In you your know, 60s? probably anyways, right? Well, that's a, yeah. But like." All, it was kind of happy and fun with my aunt, and then like a twelve-year-old kid sits down. She's like, "You're gonna die a little early." <laughs> Got You're the not gonna make oh, it past thirty-five. <laughs> I see. Thank you. That's great. You're gonna get hit by a Metro Transit bus, actually, walking away from a Wolves Denver game that you're very furious about in 2018 on so Washington Avenue. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. Uh, Jason Stark will join the show in about forty-five minutes from now. We are watching a TCL TV in these studios. Actually, the best place to watch the game tomorrow night, I don't know if it's too late for you to get tickets, but maybe you can find a way to talk your way into one of these TCL theater boxes where Judd and I watched the game a couple weeks ago. Five-star cuisine. They bring out the buffet, uh, the, the uh, whatchamacallit, the dessert buffet at the end of the night. It's, a, it's, it's the best place inside Target Center to watch a game, the TCL theater box. Uh, TCL is aligning itself and vice versa with some of the top brands and names in entertainment as well. The Ellen DeGeneres show, uh, the Maggie and Judd show, quite clearly. And there's a reason why TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand and the third largest TV brand in the world right now. It's the built-in Roku device. It's the 4K picture quality, the 4,000-plus streaming channels, in addition to whatever it is that you subscribe to cable or satellite-wise. You can stop into any major local retailer in the Twin Cities, and you can test drive, so to speak, a TCL TV. Watching sports on a TCL TV is uh, is a great experience. Or you can visit TCLUSA.com as well. Phil Mackey. That little uh, dweeby-looking kid. Judd Zolgad. He needs a cocktail and a hot tub or something. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Minnesota United back in action this Saturday. They'll be in Portland taking on the Timbers. Tune in at 9 o'clock for the pre-match show with Brian Pyatt, followed by kickoff 9.30 with Dan Terhar on the call. Catch all the action right here on 1500 ESPN. Uh, tweet here from your best friend Hugh. Tell Judd and his harebrained conspiracy th- uh, theories to calm down. NHL playoffs first round has has been on NBC's sister stations for the past few years. Correct. So anyone can watch any game instead of being stuck with one game 
on NBC Sports Network. I think the point we're making here is it's the Golf that Channel. They, it's it's Golf Channel, yep. which is a weird branding partnership. And while the game or games that we're talking about are on the Golf Channel, there's like reruns on these other NBC. You know, these other platforms that you could put a game on or that they have put games on. So it's just, it's just a weird is, is media partnership. USA in the mix, Dave, did you say at all, or are they not in the mix for this season? I don't know if it could be a later mm-hmm. rounds or in some. Because they ordinarily check. were. But this right here, like that question to Dave is hockey's problem. Oh, yeah. So you've got, this is the two months that you have the best product that you're going to put out is for these although i would argue the olympics are really the best product that you would put out even though but it's this not is your league but this is your league's best yep. product and, this benefits your league and you have a diehard hockey fan in you mm-hmm. and a guy who uh, is in for the playoffs in me and dave in for the playoffs but like we're interested in watching playoff hockey and we're literally sitting here asking so like is, are there games on usa Golf usa Channel. does have some games Okay. CNBC has a handful as well, but yeah, Golf Channel has uh, at least okay. those two game fours. I mean, for the NFL, and I get that it's it's a little bit easier because it's appointment viewing on the weekends, and it's there's fewer games and fewer teams get in the playoffs. But in the NFL, there is no question about what channel the game is on. They do such a great job. Next week, Fox, you know, Fox carries Cowboys well, and Giants or whatever. It's and ba- never and never basketball a question. too, right? Yeah, ABC, NBA TNT. games are, are basically set. ABC, TNT, ESPN, yes. It's just funny when you farm out games to a channel that's named for a different sport, okay? It it is. And it (laughs) looks like right now there is one game out of the entire slate right now that's uh, tabbed for NHL Network. Game one, Tampa Bay versus New Jersey. That's it. Yeah. I Uh, just think, I just, if this was just one small thing, then I would say big deal, right? But Look at the habit this league has of doing things that you say, huh? That's that's the difference. But don't you think, so here, here's, I think about it the other way too, in that it's not like they're taking this product that tens of millions of people are clamoring to watch, right? If you were to take an NFL playoff game and tuck it away on the golf channel, people would be outraged because they're dying to watch this game and they're going to, you know, the NHL's core problem is whatever they've done in the last 10 to 15 years, the interest, the mainstream interest is not where some of these other team sports is. So the fact that you can have a game beyond Golf Channel and have very, very little outrage outside of diehard hockey fans is reflective of the sports core problems. And my and my frustration with this league goes back to uh, coming out of the lockout in 2005 when Gary Bettman got on a conference call and said, we are going to, at that time, OLN. And somebody on the conference call said, okay, you're leaving ESPN, which everybody knows, which which has a nightly show at that time, highlight show, and which which features you at least on, on their biggest platforms. You think it's going to be a big deal? And Gary said, no. I have no, there's no doubt in my mind that ESPN will continue to cover us as they always have. That's, uh, yeah, that's awfully presumptive. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, But that's the type of thing where you're like, are you serious? At least do everything in your power, e- even if you don't make that much back initially, do everything in your power to keep a game a week on ESPN's platforms? When I go to ESPN.com, and it's been this way for 10 years, when I go to ESPN.com and all these things pop up on the homepage, and then I'm used to clicking on, there's links at the top if you want to check a scores or standings or whatever it is. Here are the leagues that they list. MLB, NCAA football, Mm -hmm. NFL, NCAA men's basketball, NBA, and golf. And then there's three little dots if you want to click 
more sports. Believe it or not, I clicked those three dots quite a bit to get to my league. You click more sports, and this is not alphabetical. I don't think this is alphabetical. It goes racing, tennis, boxing, NHL, MMA, eSports, soccer, WWE, chalk, women's basketball, WNBA, NASCAR, etc. Gary assured me nothing would change. It's in the dot, dot, dot section of ESPN.com. Gary assured me nothing would ever change. At least they beat eSports. Still got that going for him, which is nice. Yeah, for now. Give it like another year Mm -hmm. or so. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan LEAF. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by LEAF owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.